Thank you for joining us, Carpe GM Gamecast. I'm Dan. Brian. Steve. I'm Mac. And I'm Tyler. All right. Well, today we're going to uh, introduce ourselves a little bit here. We'll start with me. My name is Dan Worrell. I'm uh, 32 years old. I've been a gamer since I was eight or so, so nearly 25 years of gaming. Primarily Dungeons and Dragons, but I have branched out into a lot of indie systems and GURPS and Savage Worlds and ran a lot of games for a lot of different groups of people just love rolling dice don't you absolutely favorite uh, pastime for sure now one question that we all have to answer here is what's your geek my geek is essentially fantasy stories not necessarily tolkien fantasy but fantasy stories in general it could be dark fantasy high fantasy anything like that that's that's kind of my bread and butter dan can be seen weekly dressed up like a dark elf at your conventions that is correct a dark a, elf that attends Hogwarts. A 270-pound dark elf. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> um, I also have a passion for stories and the structure that uh, comes together to create a, a compelling story, uh, whether it's in gaming or writing or any of the other mediums that tell stories to an audience. And my obvious other passion <clears throat> is games in general. Not necessarily RPGs, anything tabletop, anything board games, uh, I used to be real big into the MMORPGs, but mm, had to get away from that. I worked too much. So, uh, Brian, how about you? Uh, well, I would probably say I'm the resident comic book guy myself. I love comics. I'm big into all gaming just like yourself. I love miniatures games, RPGs, fantasy stuff, all-around gamer. I pretty much have played... At one point in time, I thought I played like every game ever. <laughs> when there was when I was playing like the Star Wars card game and stuff like the Decipher card game. And, and how long have you been gaming? As long as I can remember, basically. I'm 23 now, and I got my first copy of Pokemon when it first came out, and then pretty much I went crazy over gaming. So like 13 years? Yeah, like at least 13 years or more. Okay. Like I said, uh, deep-rooted into comic books, though. I've read pretty much everything under the sun I can get my hands on. I love DC, Marvel, superhero kind of stuff, but I don't shy away from the indie stuff as much either. Yeah, I love... I'm a big Heroclix player, which goes back to my roots into comic books and stuff, but... Yeah, what I think brings us all to the table is we all love RPGs. Absolutely. I'm a big RPG fan. Play the crud out of Pathfinder. Played some uh, Savage Worlds. 3.5 is kind of my thing. But played 4th edition, played 1st edition, 2nd edition, all kinds of D&D. Touched on everything. So, yeah, I'm pretty much an all-around gamer. But All right. Well, welcome to the welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. And Steve, how about you? Let's see. What can I add to that? <laughs> like, take that and, like, all that run, plus. Run with it a little. Well, I like pretty much everything uh, as far as, you know, comics gaming i've been gaming for let's see seriously gaming for about 12 years i guess seriously gaming yeah <laughs> like opening a book yeah reading about <laughs> start started with magic the gathering years oh. ago and picked up a bunch of stuff kind of randomly and just when i was about like 12 i guess i started really getting into it though and just kind of understanding what i was doing with all this useless stuff i had laying around yeah was it birds of paradise the first time you saw birds of paradise you're like this is for me <laughs> no it was it was longer it was pretty early but i have uh, this sort of idea that i think is a really cool concept with stuff where 
anything that makes fun of itself, uh, I really find like entertaining. Absolutely. You're, you're <laughs> playing a glorified version of make-believe. Anything Absolutely. that takes itself yeah. too seriously yeah. is probably got some design flaws too somewhere. Serious. That's when you get into LARPing. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, Mac, how about yourself? Mac's into LARPing. Yeah, he loves it. <laughs> uh, I, I have been known to engage in the occasional con LARP session. Yeah. Uh, th- though sometimes they set up some really neat dungeon crawls in hotel hallways. All yeah, right? I, I, I heard about that one time in the <laughs> Ghostbusters RPG that you played the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. That was a great one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what else you got? So, my geek. I'm one of those little bit of everything guys, just like most of the other people at this table. Though when it comes to games, I'm a bit of the competitive gamer. I spent a long time playing competitive card games, uh, doing a little bit of beta testing here and there. I'm into tabletop games, miniature games, card games, role-playing games, computer and console games. I play a little bit of everything. I'll go as far as to say I'm probably good at none of them, but (laughs) I have a really good time. Uh, That extends from fantasy to sci-fi. I think it's reasonable for me to say I'm the resident Star Trek guy here and uh, probably Doctor (laughs) Who, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been known to stray into those waters, but uh, not not too deeply. A lot, a lot of cool, a lot of cool concepts in there, though. And uh, I'd say I got my start in in the, in the role playing direction by either sneaking down the stairs to watch uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation when I was a kid, or uh, maybe with my first copy of Inquest magazine and exposure to people playing Advanced Dungeons and Dragons and Magic: The Gathering. And let's see, that'd be uh, 15 years ago now. I'm 25, so about about when I was 10. I do have to say, though, Mac, I've known for quite a long time, and he had a huge impact on my uh, delving into the gaming universe because like, I was like, oh my gosh, a neighbor who loves gaming. Nice. Like, I didn't have that. I grew up out in the sticks. I actually didn't. I had two sisters that were older than me, so we never get to play any games together. So yeah. it was like the holy grail for me to find somebody to play a game. Exactly. Uh, and when I, was, I, I think we were really lucky. Absolutely. For sure, don't take that for granted. And when I uh, stumbled across a, a couple of guys who lived uh, next door to my sister, I went and stayed the summer there with her. And uh, they were playing first edition Dungeons and Dragons with their father running it for them. It was absolutely amazing. It was a life-changing event. I was one of those kids that grew up in the sticks too, but I was always walking around in the woods using sticks for swords. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> my, my dog chased down many a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, how about you? What's your geek? Um, well, I guess I've been gaming in the um, truest sense of the word for about 22 years. I actually have photo evidence of me holding an NES controller before I could even really walk. I mean, it didn't take me two years to walk, of course, but... Um, still getting that one down? You sure? <laughs> right. I'm still kind of working on the walking thing. But yeah, I'm kind of um, what you, I guess you would call the everyman. Um, just to rehash what everyone else has said, I'm into pretty much everything, um, I guess you would call it nerd-related. I like fantasy a lot. And uh, I also like sci-fi. Now, I like to balance them out as well. Try to keep it about 50-50. Like, if I watch Star Wars, then I'm going to feel a need to maybe read The Hobbit or, or play. <laughs> you got a quota to make. Yeah, <laughs> That's pretty exactly. funny. I, w- right. I was considering bringing up Lord of the Rings in my list of uh, resident expert things, but I'm pretty sure that would be a throwdown at this yeah, table. I think pretty much <laughs> we all know, might, about, might have, know our might have been. Lord of the Rings. I right. would like to also add one more thing about, sure. uh, I don't know, me, Max, Steve, maybe... Uh, but we also had, like, just to increase the amount of gaming that we were available to, 
we were fortunate enough to have a club in high school called the War Games Club. Yeah, I had nothing of the sort. That allowed us to stay after school every day and game every day. So I will. That is where I, I just became a huge gamer in, in during high school. So where I was introduced to really tabletop RPGs, competitive gaming versus people, just like the whole camaraderie of having a group of people sitting around the same table playing the same game, just there to enjoy it. So when when you guys were coming up, starting in this hobby, were people still getting pushed? and lockers and uh, no. all this good stuff or was that just for me? I think that was just for you. Alright, I'm just wondering. It, it was There was a serious stigma in with the gamer culture. I, mean, um, I think we were at the beginning of the point where nerd is the new cool. Where you were geek is chic. Yeah, because like the Lord of the Rings movies were coming out and people were like, oh man, fantasy is cool, you know. Alright. I was mostly I, I, insulated from everything by being a member of bands, so yeah. Yeah, that's your own fault. I was a little hesitant to join War Games. Um, I didn't know Brian at that point. He was in my graduating class and we actually didn't talk at all in high school, so a lot of this is a very recent thing for me. I didn't play my first tabletop campaign until maybe, I guess, a year ago. And this is all coming in as like a big wave to me, and I just absolutely love it. And I want to—I can't know enough about it. There you have it. That's the Carpe Gym Gamecast. The whole thing? No, 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 no. <laughs> just, just, just the cast <laughs> of the Gamecast. Yeah. See you guys. See you next week. Thank we'll you. Thank talk you very much. Tune in next week. Next week. Right. <laughs> now, what I wanted to talk about, and you guys kind of touched on those those uh, those points, is our group dynamic. Uh, the dynamic of this podcast specifically. Obviously, there's an age differential in myself and you folks. The age differential, it serves two purposes in this specific uh, topic. Number one being that I've played a whole lot of terrible games that aren't around anymore. The terrible game train did not stop when you started. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I didn't say it stopped. It just moved tracks. You got a whole new games. So I've played a whole lot of terrible games. Uh, I've also played a whole lot of fun games, and I was around late 80s, early 90s when it really started picking up a lot of steam. Obviously, it's been around since the late 70s as far as uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I think I saw a thing yesterday where D&D has been around for like 38 years or something like that. Sounds about right to me. Now, because of the age differential, the biggest difference I see between games when I was young and games that are coming out now, it's, uh, it's a perspective thing. The games that are coming out now are much more involved and evolved than the prototypes from when I was a kid. Sure. The Dungeons & Dragons game that I was playing when I was eight is nowhere near the same game that people are playing today, even if they happen to be playing first edition Dungeons & Dragons. The story, it's more story-centric. In most campaigns, the background story of characters matters. It didn't matter to us. Uh, when we were growing up, it was grab your equipment, hurry up, get out of this town, get into the dungeon, let's start killing things. Take its stuff, go kill something bigger, take its stuff, take it all back to town so that we could sell it, buy better stuff to kill bigger things and take its stuff. That was the game. It's As far as the role-playing aspect of it, you were more the role of a character in the party, less the role of your character. So obviously the, the age differential makes a big difference there. Games have come a long way since then. Now, also, we've got uh, our different interests at the table. We've got fantasy. We've got comic books. We've got sci-fi. We've got the, the general geek culture guy in Tyler who has been kind of wandering around through, through nerd lore for quite some time and has recently perched on RPGs. Uh, we've got Steve here who follows a lot of the same paths as Brian as far as uh, things that he's experienced and has taken interest in. But he has taken hold on a few other topics that he's Brian zigged when Steve zagged. So 
Uh, we've got a pretty diverse group of guys sitting Especially at the table. Especially when it comes to, is Weeaboo racist? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I like to think of myself as kind of somebody who goes down with the ship. Yeah. Like, I don't care how terrible some things are. I, it's like I have this compulsion to, like, keep going with it. Yeah. Oh, where I'm man. like, no, never giving up. Welcome to the life of the second edition Dungeons & Dragons game. <laughs> He's a pretty good obscure lore guy. We'll, yeah, we'll say sure. that. That'll Just work. Like, where did that come from? Oh, Steve knows that. Also, another thing that we're going to do on the Carpegium Gamecast is review games. Not just RPGs, but board games, so on and so forth. Now, when we do that, the interesting thing about our specific podcast here is that the guys at this table, we have never all played a game together. No. Nope. Now, no. a couple of these guys are in a game group together, but every game that we review... There are three. There are representatives from three different game groups sitting at this table right now. So every game we review will be playtested through three different game groups with different GMs and different experiences. And a representative from each of those groups will be at this table at these mics to talk to you about that game when it uh, when it comes up. You know, you were speaking before about the evolution of games and how you played a lot of bad ones. And, uh, I didn't have to live through quite so much of that, but I've definitely seen my share. And two things happen there. It, you get people obviously learning what works and what doesn't. And what to do. I mean, at the time, whenever I was growing up, uh, you, you had the guys that had been the tabletop war gamers, and so they knew how to fight using dice and figurines. But at the time, it really hadn't evolved into the storytelling activity that it is today. But some of what happens as a side effect of that is you get a lot of games in the world that are based on characters whose power level is reflected in the level, numbers that grow experience based on combat and then you start to see a lot of games that look really similar and part of what i think we're here to do is find what's new and what's good and see if we can introduce that to people absolutely and we've got a lot of well-established game game companies that are out today but i'm also want to look at some of the indie companies and some of the more topic specific games i would have to say too on top of the whole nerd is the new cool movement that's kind of happening in our world right now is Unfortunately, the fact that people like the Avengers and Lord of the Rings and all kinds of different sci-fi fantasy things that people would look away from 20 years ago is now the mainstream cool. But right now, there's so much being marketed that they just are throwing them out so much crap. Yeah, there's, that, a, there's a lot of crap out and, there for sure. And it really is important to find those indie games, like you were saying, that are new and unique experiences for the gaming community. It's just really part of the growing pains of any medium. You know, once it starts to get bigger, you know, a lot of crap starts to come out. And there's really just people like us. It's our job to, um, to kind of funnel that into a sort of, uh, we have to throw out the bad and sort of um, pick through the good using our experience. You're right. It is our duty. To play games. Yeah. Well, eh. Duty. Duty. <laughs> One thing uh, I've kind of noticed is over the past maybe like six, five, maybe five, six years, there's sort of like transitional area or like intermediate area between Walmart and comic, comic, books, comic book stores. Yeah. Yeah. The, those lines are definitely blurring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you and, and it's because it's because of the whole geek is chic thing. Here, point in case there's a new Heroclix set coming out. 
for the Marvel Avengers movie. They previewed them online a couple days ago. They're amazing. Went up to the comic shop to talk about them. They won't sell them to comic book shops. They're Walmart and Target exclusives. Oh, no. They just won't sell them to them. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Get it where you can get it, I guess. Yeah, but you don't want to... Su- you're trying to support your comic book you shop. You are trying to support your comic book shop. However, with companies like that reaching out to the more mainstream stores, you're reaching a different base of people, a different potential client base there. I agree with the that. The kid walking through Walmart may have never stepped foot into a game store. He whereas picks up this hero click. He picks like, up a what game. is this? Exactly, like, exactly. So I can kind of see where they're going for there. I doubt expanding the hobby yeah. is necessarily the motivation there. But, hey, whatever works. Yeah, but what is the difference between putting that same product in a comic book store? Well, here's this. I don't know why they couldn't do that as well. Here's this. In listening to this podcast, if you're one of the people who got into role-playing games because you found a copy of it at a bookstore... Absolutely. That's true. Or at, or you got into gaming because you found something that, that set you on a path at Walmart or Target, and you've never been into your local comic book or gaming or hobby store... Yeah, go there now. Give it a try. Go there now. It's, Take like, a, it's like a haven. Which actually dovetails real nicely into what I wanted to talk about next. What we're trying to do here with this GameCast. With this podcast, we want to help support the industry, and we're going to do that with reviews and heads up on new games. Now, when we're supporting the industry, we're also, we are supporting the, the big companies, but we're also supporting the small guys, the guys that are just starting up. Because if this industry fails, then the hobby is going to fall, because the game stores are going to fall. The gathering places are going to fall. The conventions aren't going to happen anymore because there's not going to be people buying booths to, to run them. And really, I'll just stop leaving the house. Yeah. <laughs> right. Then then WoW takes over the world. <laughs> um, and which is fine. There's nothing wrong with WoW at all. It's just not the same. And it, as far as um, getting the word out on new games, I really, really enjoy checking out a new game Seeing how the mechanics, the nuts and bolts of how it's this really specific... like opening up a new book. Absolutely. Like... <laughs> Open up a new book, yes, but also seeing how someone else's view of a cinematic gun battle in the middle of New York City differs from Steve Jackson of GURPS or, you know... Some... Press. Exactly. Press. It, it's, yeah. it, it's really cool to see how those concepts come together to create the experience that is the collective storytelling that uh, today's RPGs are. Now, so we're going to support the industry also by telling you to go to your local game store. You don't have to go there and spend money, but you really should go there and just look around. I guarantee you, if you're into this type of culture, there's a ton of things in the local game store that it, it, you can't... I'm not going to say you can't find it on not, online, but you're not going to be able to stand right next to a guy who happens to be looking at something that might be able to give you a little bit of the lore, or a little bit of... Uh, the concept. Yeah, and, and guess what? You can't really walk into one of those stores. You don't even have to be into the culture without pretty much walking out with something. It, There's something exactly for everybody there. Say. It's extremely hard to walk into the comic book store. And not find store. something and not that be you like, enjoy. I can't leave without this. Right, like, exactly. My uncle, my grandma, my sister, anybody could walk into that store and You're like, this is walk neat. away with You're something. Like, I re- like, even like you said, even older generations would be like, I remember The Lone Ranger. There's Absolutely. a comic book for that's, this. That's, like, how, that's how nostalgia works. It's like, if you walk in... You'll be like, oh, I remember this, yeah. you know? Right, it doesn't exactly. Matter. Like it, old it, crack. It, you know, yeah. <laughs> exactly. My, so, yeah. my mom teaches World War II social studies in a middle school, and I sent her into a, a comic book store to walk out with a copy of Axis and Allies. There so, you go. There you go. <laughs> Pretty pricey game, but it's well worth it if you're Well, she's going to put some mileage over to, on, the ne- on it over the next few years. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The only thing you're gonna fall into is you might fall into it too hard and get into yourself some cardboard crack. <laughs> if, if you have a pull and hold at your local comic book store, let's not talk about that. <laughs> it's a sore pay, subject. If you have a pull and hold, <laughs> it is a bad subject pay, right now. Pay your bills, and then your pull and hold. <laughs> and be sure to talk to your comic book jockey at, at the store there, so that he knows what you like and will hopefully not sign you up without asking you for many bad things. Oh, there you go. Like, if you think you have a problem, please call this toll-free number. Yeah. Sorry, it doesn't exist, man. But uh, like, like he was saying uh, earlier, if you're at a comic book store and you are like looking at the racks and you see a dude pick up Hulk number 13 and you're like, you know what? I like the Hulk. I don't know anything about it. I guarantee you nine times out of ten, you go, hey, man, I like the Hulk. What? How's that book? Are you reading that? Is that good? Where's a good starting point? That guy or somebody there will tell you exactly how to get into it. Absolutely. That. And the problem with me is I happen to be a completist. I have to have everything. When I get something <laughs> yeah. that I like, I have to have it all. And most of most of the tabletop gamers and comic book uh, junkies and so on and so forth are like that. Yeah. And uh, that's what keeps the game stores open. Now, the game stores themselves, the brick-and-mortar stores, those um, you can't have a convention every day. Those are the gathering places. Those are the watering holes for gamers. Almost every game store you walk into will have tables in the back. Absolutely. And that's where you go to try new games. They have game nights. They have... Board game racks. Exactly. They have Pokemon League, for example. Exactly. There's tons of reasons to go check out your local game store. That being said, there are also reasons to check to buy stuff online. There are games and indie games and indie systems and such that you cannot get through anything except in PDF format. You have to buy those online. Pretty sure Dungeons and Dragons actually offers this new program now for Dungeons and Dragons Online, not Dungeons and Dragons Online, the MMO, but it's Fourth Edition Dungeons and Dragons Online with a program that sets up a map with everything on there and dice and everything, and it's a chat room with a map on it. So I think DM what you're talking about is the virtual tabletop. Yes, and I don't think that's a, a Dungeons and Dragons production. I think that they have a a file set that you can buy to put on that specific I was looking into it yesterday, and I was like, this is brilliant. Absolutely. (laughs) There's a lot of virtual tabletop stuff out there. Also, as far as the PDF documents and and, stuff online, everybody thinks it's going to be easier for everybody to go out and hack that and and download it from whatever forum or torrent that you might know of. It is, unfortunately. Stop it. (laughs) Because in this specific situation... What, you, what, what you're doing is you're putting the roadblock in the way of the new lifeblood of the industry. There's a lot of games that don't have, that, they're, that are not Dungeons and Dragons that are fantastic games. And if you're just even interested in it, most games offer a free PDF of like a sample of this. Yes, or here's a quick start guide. Exactly. Or you can usually buy the PDF for... $10 cheaper. Yeah, something like that. Check it out. Try it once or twice. Give them some money. Yeah, throw a little <laughs> money their way so that maybe they can get this book in print for all the bibliophiles like myself who like the smell of a book and like to yeah. like to look at my old first edition stuff and see the Cheetos thumbprint on the <laughs> on the Man Scorpion page that. and I... remember exactly <laughs> when I put it there. So by um, supporting the industry, this is what we're talking about. Giving you reasons to go out and try this new stuff. Spend a little money, spend a little time, check it out. You may find something, I guarantee you'll find something you enjoy. We also want to support the hobby. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say that there's an argument in music downloading right now that a lot of people who download music will find something they like and go out and purchase it. Oh, absolutely. And while that might be true in, in RPGs... 
fairly often a lot of these startups and these new games will die in the amount of time it takes for that to turn over into profitability yeah. for them. And that that being that being said, uh, they while Metallica or whoever else may have an album out and then you download all the tracks, then you go buy the album for the art and so on and so forth. The indie gamer game designer that you're stealing their PDF from doesn't have a brick, uh, a print format of that book for you to go buy because you like it yet in a lot of cases so keep that in mind we're not here to harp on you about stealing stuff and whatnot but don't be a pirate play a pirate you can spend a little cash and support the hobby now as far as supporting the hobby what we're going to do to support the hobby here is uh we want to support the hobby through imaginative exploration meaning that we're going to take the hobby and kind of twist it and turn it on its ear and fiddle with it and maybe give a little gm advice here and there maybe give some specific game strategy advice if we're talking about a board game or whatnot and we also want to uh have informative discussions about the specific games that we might be talking about this week informative discussions based on the games that we've played with our various gaming groups, bring back our experiences to this table and hash them out right here on the air with you. Sometimes violently. Sometimes weapons in hand. Sometimes corned beef hash. Ooh. Potatoes, little little potatoes. No potatoes. Oh. No. I'm not down. Yeah, keep your hash. That, would be, that would be hashed browns. Uh, Someone else will have to take care of that. Oh, okay. Check your local gaming store for hash browns. Yeah. And see, next week we review hash browns. <laughs> Best served with Yolk. Carpe Jim Gamecast would like to apologize to any hash brown enthusiasts. <laughs> the Carpe Jim Gamecast is presented under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative License Version 3.0. For questions, comments, and other feedback, please feel free to email dan at carpegm.net. Or join our forum at carpegm.net slash forum. Thank you.